raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. One, two, three, and to the four. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Who does this guy think he is? I'm Will Pelagic. That is how you intro a guest. Goodness gracious, the dynamic producer that is Josh Fitty Marlowe, welcoming not only his boy, but our boy here at WFNZ. Willie P back in the building, back in the studio, wearing a fresh purple jacket for Charlotte FC. How are you doing, Willie? The the Will Pelagic Josh Fitty Marlowe buddy cop movie coming to theaters in 2024. Well, I've heard that they dropped the new podcast, Flushing's Finest. <laughs> Can we get a back-to-back photo with you holding some kind of weapon each where you're looking at the camera and you guys just look like the baddest duo out there in all duo history? We have to fight over the glove and the bat is really what has to happen. (laughs) Who would need the bat because... I need the bat. Yeah. (laughs) Can you look badass wearing a glove, though? Like, I don't think you... You gotta have the bat. I mean, he thinks that Justin Verlander looks badass wearing a glove all the time. Verlander's a little bit different. I guess that's true. But it would I'd fight for the bad as well. This man this man is going after Justin Verland. I like I'd be serious when it comes to like the stalker scenario. If he was in Florida right now <laughs> around Justin Verlander, I I'd be uncomfortable if I was J V. Uh, has he taken the place of Jacob deGrom for you? Yes. Yeah, because his wife is hotter. Okay, there we go. And that's exactly <laughs> why we stay away from those kinds of conversations. You had, um, you had to get him riled up, didn't you? Uh, uh, well, this is what we do. Fiddy doesn't need a whole lot of help getting riled up. He just comes into the studio riled up. I think this uh, this fan base is going to be riled up coming up with this home opener this week because I went to the game last year. I went to the inaugural opener. I mean, Willie, it was an awesome experience. My question is, how fair is it to expect the same exact crowd that we got last year? Because it's the first, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. the first game in this franchise's existence at Bank of America. It was a huge event. Are we going to get something close to that type of experience with the home opener this year? And if not, just how big do you expect it to be? Well, there's two factors at play here. You got one factor going on about 3,000 miles to our west in Los Angeles with LAFC and LA Galaxy trying to cheat and break Charlotte FC's record in the Rose Bowl for a standalone game. Uh, the traffic go rivalry between those two squads trying to break the 75,000 record there. So that part is a one factor. And number two, trying to get the same kind of crowd in there. I, I don't know if that's feasible. One thing that Joe Labou said to me yesterday on Charlotte Sports Today is he said that they're probably hoping to get around 70, which I still think would be a massive accomplishment. Getting to 70 for just a random game or just a regular game, I think still represents the fact that there is a lot of soccer love still in this market. I think there's still a lot of people who would you know, look at it as a novelty thing if they didn't go last year. So you still have a little bit of that. But I do feel like if, you, if they get to 70, I think it's a pretty, pretty big accomplishment. I love the color scheme. I love that purple is implemented. And plus, it's not like you've had a long wait. I, one thing, being a soccer novice, I did not realize just how long the season is and just how short of a break Very there long. is. Very long. And this year, it's even longer. It's crazy. I do have to ask, though, just a personal question, Willie. How excited are you? I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, I was out of training earlier today and seeing the guys out there. It, it looks so much different 
than where we were at this time last year. I think there was a lot of, you know, we're just happy to be there. We're happy to have a team, et cetera, and so on. There were some different things in terms of getting players in market that we didn't know about. Even Carol Svidersky wasn't here for that first game. So you had to have a couple of guys play out of position and the roster wasn't quote unquote finished. Now the roster looks incredibly stacked. They did just add in somebody uh, this past weekend who's now being integrated into the team. But outside of that, they look pretty stacked and ready to ready for bear. Well, on MLS.com, the predictions are so mixed. Anywhere from fifth to having them at 13th, which a lot of them did. I got a bone to pick with Bradley Wright Phillips about why, that. Probably. Yeah, yes, why, why such a wide variance with the predictions for this team? I, it, it comes down to the fact that a lot of these players might not necessarily have the profile that some of those analysts are familiar with. For example, a guy like Ashley Westwood came from a side in Burnley, which is a Premier League side, at least as, as of last year. And he kind of has a similar profile of a guy like Christian Fuchs, somebody who was a Premier League lifer and has a lot of games underneath his belt at the highest level. But because he played for Burnley, didn't get the same kind of love that Christian Fuchs did playing for Leicester, a team that won the championship when Fuchs was there. And so from that aspect, you're looking more at the team that the guy played for that got relegated down to the championship as opposed to the actual player. And I think Ashley Westwood's going to have a very big impact on things going forward in a positive way for Charlotte FC as a midfielder, either alongside Brant Bronico or alongside Derek Jones, because he's going to wreck shop in the midfield. And a guy like Enzo Capetti also comes in here with a bit of a pedigree for somebody who didn't necessarily score the kind of goals at his last stop that he did. But you look at the way he's looked in the preseason, he scored in every open door match that they've had. So, I think it's more about projecting these newcomers and also trying to make sure that what's existing on this squad either makes that next step or plays up to their level that they're supposed to. Yeah, you talk about Capetti. That was a big addition for them. Just how big was that to a franchise like Sean? And how much is he going to help a guy like Swiderski? I, I will use the words of Christian Latanzio. He gives you something different in the striker position, and that's not a slight to Daniel Rios, who I think performed admirably down the stretch last year, or a slight to Swiderski, who handled the number nine position for them for the majority of the year last year. But I think we found over the course of the season that Carroll needs the space in the middle to try and create for guys as opposed to trying to play an out-and-out out number nine. Capetti is a number nine. He is a number nine through and through. He told us that from the first time we talked to him uh, about a month and a half ago. He's going to sniff out balls when it comes to the defensive side. He's going to want the service coming from the back end. And he's also going to be somebody who outworks the opposition to keep the ball in the opposition half. We saw that in spades against both Charleston and Birmingham Legion. I'm very, very excited what he can bring. And two, also from a physical standpoint, he's just bigger. Uh, he's huge. So from that aspect, I think he brings a different type of specimen at the number nine than they had at any point last year. Now, who's a player that you expect to have a breakout season that we may not know him now, but will by the end of the season? I'm very curious about Adilson Melanda's development, and he's somebody who Charlotte FC got at the tail end of last year as a center back coming over from Europe, and, and he's French. So from that aspect, there was a little bit of a language barrier last year. The guy that Charlotte FC picked up over the weekend from Portland, Bill uh, Tuiloma, 
he is French-speaking, as is Pablo Cisniega. So there's a little bit of connection there when it comes to those guys. And also Christian Kalina can speak a little bit, too, when he gets back in the lineup. So uh, I think the language barrier kind of hurt Adilson a little bit. But he's somebody who we saw him out of training today uh, up close and personal for the first time. He's a lot thicker. I know that the loss of Anton Walks is something that has people very concerned about uh, what Charlotte FC's back four is going to look like. If Milan, they can play well enough throughout this season, when Guzman Carujo comes back, it might be a fight between these three center backs of who's actually going to play between Tuiloma, Milanda, and Carujo. And you might have to have Guzman maybe ride the bench a little bit, even while healthy. I'm just going to go straight off of what it says in my paper. It's Willie P., voice of Charlotte FC and co-host of the critically acclaimed Flushing's Finest podcast. That was written in there for some reason, just reading it verbatim. First uh, time I've heard that one. Um, well, there you go. I, I can continue to introduce you that way if you want me to. I did want to ask about the offseason overall. Just uh, a simple answer. Just how do you think Charlotte FC was able to address some of the needs that they had this offseason, would you give them high praise? I would give them about a B plus to an A minus when it comes to, to filling the needs. The, the biggest need they had going into the offseason was to get a number nine that you can depend on and figure out what Carol Svodersky's role is. I think they accomplished that with the Capetti edition and moving Svodersky permanently to the number 10. I think they're set at the wing position. I think the midfield is going to be one of the toughest battles to win on a week-in, week-out basis between the triumvirate of Bronico, Westwood, and Derek Jones. I think you can throw Hagar in there also as well because he's somebody who's coming on strong as terms of a breakout player. Ben Bender is also getting himself a lot more uh, stamina and health and bulk when it comes to that. The unfortunate part about it, Walker, is that the back four is still a bit of a question mark. They had to bring back Harrison Offal to, I think, captain the left back position for now. I don't think that's a permanent solution to that position right now for them. And the center back position, while I love what they brought in with Tui Loma and I love that Melanda has come on a little bit, they're very much unproven. So I think... There is going to be a lot of nervous eyes about where their back four is going to look. I think they're going to score more goals than last year, but they might have some more, you know, three, two, four, three kind of games as opposed to maybe the one nils and two nils we were used to. Final question before we get you out of here. You took a picture that you posted posted on social media of you staring off into the sunset. The light was hitting off of your face in a delectable way. And Josh Fitty Marlowe decided to put that picture up looking across the entire studio. Are you going to have another picture for us that we can put right next to this original picture we have posted up here? Do you want the before and after from PhD? Is that what you want? Well, no, that's honestly, that's a hell of an after photo, man. I mean, you really did PhD justice. I'm not going to lie. And that photo speaks to it right right there. I just love you looking off into the distance with the sun setting on your eyes. That's what that's, I like. That's actually sunrise. That's the sun. That's sunrise. Even better. Even better, to that be is, honest that, with you. That is looking over the sunrise over uh, <laughs> our uh, neighborhood there in Rock Hill. Did Julianne take the photo? No, I took it. How did? Oh, you just had a timer? I, I, had, the ti- I had the timer on. I've, I've got a little pillar <laughs> on the uh, on the deck there, and I just put the phone down <laughs> there and a uh, 10-second timer and just took it that way. Great. Yeah, I've with, done that. Yeah. How how much were you feeling yourself in that? I felt very good. Yeah. <laughs> it, was after, it was after getting the Bronico uh, t-shirt. Were you uh, drunk? Before. No, it was, it was it was 9 o'clock in the morning. That didn't stop you. Are you in Antigua? It's a little different. The, the bar didn't open in Antigua until 10. <laughs> Wait, we can't let him get out of here, though, before I ask you about the, the variance in the rankings for them or where they will finish since the season is about to begin. 
Where is your prediction? What do you think they'll do? I think they could finish. No, I don't want to know what they could do. Okay. I want to know what Willie P says today. <laughs> Charlotte FC I, will finish here. I believe they will be in the playoffs. Where that is, I don't know necessarily, but I I do feel like oh. they are capable of hosting a playoffs. And, and the one thing, too, that's going to come out from MLS is that every team in the first round will have the ability to host a playoff game. So regardless of where they're positioned, there will be a playoff five, game at Charlotte. Five, five. I would say middle middle of the pack. Okay. I'd, say, I'd say six, seven. Something All right, like that. there we go. West trying desperately to get something to get that but prediction, that's man. We, we got a playoff berth. That's what we got. I that's think they'll be in the definitive. playoffs. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that uh, is going to come out. It was broken this morning by the folks at the Athletic. We kind of know this to be true, but looks like the playoffs are going to have nine teams in each conference make the postseason this year for the first time. So that'll be interesting. That's Willie P, our beloved Willie P, voice of Charlotte FC, joining us in studio. We appreciate it. We'll be doing it, I think, weekly ever, throughout the season. And so this is the first hit of that. Love to have you in studio. If, if Fiddy's check's clear, that's that's the big thing. Yeah, 100%. Point. Hey, Fiddy, get to paying, buddy, because we want Willie P in every single week. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Willie P joining us in here. We will continue to do that again every single week. Get an update on Charlotte FC as the season goes on. One more hour to go on Wesson Walker at Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.